We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. There is a place for each of us to serve. Hey, Fox River, we got a, a special treat. My name is Bill, but, but more importantly, um, we have a friend and fellow co-worker in Christ all the way from Kenya, Africa. Fox River, please give a warm Fox River welcome to Pastor Gideon Banda. Gideon, thanks for being here today. Yep. Um, man, a lot of us know you. A lot of us are like, it warms our hearts to see you again. Um, but some of us just honestly are like, who is this guy? Why is everyone clapping for him? So, hey, if you don't mind, if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, uh, that would be great. Yeah, man, thank you. My name is Gideon Banda. I'm from Kenya, I'm Mombasa in Africa. And I'm executive pastor of uh, Crossroads Fellowship, that is the partnering church for Fox River Missions in Kenya. So last year, my wife, Joy, and our three kids, Jotham, Joshua, and Jason, were here for six months, actually. And we are still very thankful and grateful for your welcome and your generosity. We had a good time. They miss you all, and they say hello. It's awesome, man. It's good, good that you're here. Hey, so we are in, as you know, uh, a series called Blessing Conundrum. And this is week three. But the, for the first two weeks, we've talked about um, how God provides these pathways of blessing, particularly through giving and serving. So when it comes to you and, and your life and your family and your ministry and, and just the opportunities that God has given you back home in Kenya, how have you seen God's blessing um, specifically through giving and serving take place? I think that's awesome. And I've been following the series online. So, yeah. Look, uh, where we live is a rather urban area. It's not America, but it's, it is a bit urban. It's a city. But one hour drive north or south or west of um, Mombasa, you can't go east. You drive into the ocean. But uh, if you go in any of those directions, just one hour drive, you get into villages. And people there live in absolute poverty, uh, both physically and spiritually. We even have people that are still unreached in the south, the Digo, for example. And so over the years, the partnership that Fox River Missions has had with our church and Operation Give Hope, especially in trying to minister holistically to the people of Kenya, has been awesome. You see, 60% of kids that start kindergarten will not finish high school in Kenya. 60%. And Fox River is tapping into that 60% to offer free quality education all the way through high school now. And that's been a growing thing. Started with primary school, and now you guys are sponsoring high school students as well. And next year, we're going to have our first graduation of kids that have gone through sponsorship by Fox River from kindergarten all the way to high school, our first graduation. Wow. Man. And, and just, just for clarification, this, 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 this statistic just kind of blows my mind as you're saying it. Um, 60% of children who start kindergarten will not graduate high school, and we're doing something about that. You're doing something big about wow. that. These kids now have a real opportunity. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. Hey, all right, so... It is an understatement to say the following. We are so blessed to partner with you and your church and with Operation Give Hope. Um, man, are there, 
I mean, today we're talking about this, this pathway. Pastor Guy's going to be talking about this, this new pathway uh, in our series to receive God's blessing and more of it um, through prayer. God answers prayer. We know that. Prayer is effective. Um, how have you seen, I mean, probably the stories are numerous, but are there any stories where you've seen God just really come through in special ways? Any, any stories in your life that just kind of rise to the surface as you consider what God has done for you? Yeah, I'd have many, but just one real quick. God is good, man. Some of you will remember my four-year-old, Jason, and early this year, you know, he had malaria, dengue fever, and a bacterial infection all at once. That really put him down. Had a convulsion. I watched them carry his unconscious body into hospital. It was the most devastating thing that my wife and I have ever been through. And he was put in the high dependence unit. He was convulsing, high fevers, and just erratic. His blood dropped because of the malaria. His blood count went down to six instead of the normal 12. And man, we prayed. We prayed. And we mobilized people to pray. People prayed here at Fox River. And sometime that night, just miraculously, his fevers just stabilized, and, and they were able to give him the much-needed blood, and in a couple of hours, he came back, you know, um, to consciousness. I really thank God for that. And uh, five days of hospitalization, and he, he, he got fine, but then we had this huge bill to pay after that that we didn't know even how to start. And I remember praying that morning and saying, Lord, please provide. And the same day, someone calls me from Fox River and says, you know, God asked me to reach out to some friends to help out with paying your bill. So God answers prayer, and they did, and that was, that was awesome. God answers prayer. God does answer prayer. Yeah. So, it's so encouraging just to hear that, right? I mean, that's beautiful. Gideon, it is a blessing to have you here with us uh, this weekend. And uh, there might be a Gideon spotting next weekend as well, I hear. So uh, it's a blessing to have you here. I like that. And uh, hey, if you're, this won't work everywhere, but if you're here at the Waukesha campus this morning, feel free to stop by the coffee shop afterwards and just say hi to, a, to our brother. Hey, thanks again. Thank you. Get out, Gideon. Way to go, Bill. Hey, it's great to see everybody today. Um, honestly, this is a series that I have been looking forward to doing for quite some time. And this message in particular is one that I can only begin to tell you how excited I am, but it's about the potential and that which God wants to do in your life in particular. So whether you're joining us in Waukesha, Muskego, Waterford, you're online with us right now, I am again so, so glad that you're here with us. As we move into this third week of the Blessing Continuum, let me ask you, have you ever prayed? Can I ask your hands if you have ever prayed at any point in your life? Okay, that's the majority of it. Cool. All right. How many would say that you're good at it? You are just a good prayer. I would not be raising my hand either at this point. But there is an avenue. It's an invitation. It's a third invitation that God is going to give us into experiencing more of him and his blessing in our lives. I'm talking about the divine creators working and blessing in our life. Our series Maxim has stated this. That there is a blessor, it's a descriptor of God. In fact, it's actually an attribute of God. How do we know God? This is one of the means he's revealed himself to us as. There is a blesser who desires to bless 
more. Would you say that once with me, everybody? There is a who desires to. When we talk about blessing, it's something that we can identify with because think about this. Why is it that you get such joy from blessing those that you love? In fact, almost like Jesus said, right? When you're blessing somebody you love, it brings you more joy than whatever it is that you're doing and giving to them. Do you know why that is? In part, it's because you are made in the image of God. You're learning something about the blessor himself. And when God talks about blessing in the word of God, he says this about it. It would be some good gift or some good thing that's coming from him to you in your life. It's that which is going to contribute to either better life, or Jesus' word was, an abundant life. And we'd see this and just go like, yes. But we come to the conundrum part of the blessing conundrum, and a conundrum is just some puzzle or problem that makes us do this. Uh, right? I mean, it's like, wait, I, I'm just not sh- How does this work? How does this fit together? For example, an invitation by, to God, to his blessing, would be, a couple of them that we've looked at here, is the giving conundrum. You can't buy God's blessing, can you? You can't. Yet, God's blessing comes through giving. That's a conundrum, isn't it? Last week, Pastor Rob talk, talked to us about this, and it was so good. It's a serving conundrum. The conundrum of You'll be happier serving than being served. And you talk about flipping something on the, its head right there. I mean, because we, we're always thinking like, hey, the more I'm served, the happier I'm going to be. But that's that conundrum that God said, no, no, I've got so much more for you. Now, when it comes to prayer, which we want to talk about today, there's some things that make me do this. Ah, like, maybe you as well. Like, why do I need to pray if God already knows what I need and what I'm going to say? You ever wonder that? You want to do it with me? Ah. <laughs> you don't have to do that. Uh, how about this? Why do I have to pray for God's will to be done if it's God's will and he's sovereign? All right? Isn't this going to be done? One that I wonder about, why is it that God answers some of my prayers but not others of my prayers. These really are conundrums. And so, with those in front of us, would you join with me in this prayer of blessing from God? Heavenly Father, we would ask you right now that you would open our eyes, open our hearts to that which you want particularly to be able to communicate to us today. I pray that every person here might know your blessing in a real, in a new, in a fresh way because that's what you want for them. And may we experience it more through this avenue of prayer. We ask it in the name of Jesus. And our brain agreement said, I want to invite you to take a Bible right now if you've got one or if you can pull that up on your phone real quickly. We're going to go over to a prayer of blessing or a prayer for blessing that's actually a bit of a conundrum in and of itself. It's found in the book 
of 1 Chronicles. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can open up to that. If you don't, you can grab a pew Bible somewhere nearby you. You'll find on page 569, 1 Chronicles. Now we're going to go to chapter 4 and verse number 9. But to get here, if you were to read the book of Chronicles to be able to get here, you would have to, starting in verse number 1, start to read about so-and-so that begat so-and-so that begat so-and-so. And you would have to read through 570 almost impronounceable names of people that are begetting people that are beginning people until you get here. Many a person that's desired to read through the Bible, their journey has died in Chronicles. <laughs> After we read this passage, it's going to be like eight more chapters of one person begetting another person begetting another person. It's just like reading you know, an endless genealogy with that. But in the midst of all of that, Almost out of nowhere, we read this, verse 9. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, which happens to mean pain, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now, if you were just to summarize what it was that we just read, we read a story about an unnamed woman who names her son Pain. Think about the teasing that would bring about in school. Who prays a prayer, who God answers the prayer, and then almost as quickly as he's appeared, he just disappears. What is with that? And there's so much here for us. And and I want us to do a little, um, just kind of, let's fill in some of the blanks, both literally and figuratively. Um, You might want to take a couple of notes. Now, if you um, like to follow along with us, there's note sheets that are available on the way in, in the building, or they're online. If you're watching online for that, you can, you know, kind of freehand your notes in the back of your communication card, whatever works for you. Um, I'd encourage you to do it. At this point, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, you're about 50 years into God bringing his people into the promised land. So again, what happened was children of Israel were slaves in Egypt and God brought them out with his mighty hand. They went through the wilderness for 40 years by God's mighty hand. And now he brought them into the promised land by his mighty hand. Once they're there, he now divides the nation up for them. You don't need to read necessarily, but the different colors represent the division. Or or think of it this way. Israel was divided into 12 states. And every one of the tribes, Jabez is going to be down here in this green one here, tribe of Judah. Every one of the tribes, that was where um, the properties resided there. Property in that day, your territory, so to speak, It was more than just like, hey, here's where my house is or here's where I live. In fact, it was your heritage. It was your, when you owned land, it was your citizenship. In fact, it was your connection to God himself. What it was, and it's helpful to know this in a moment, when you had your own land, your own territory, it would be in your family forever. You would never sell it because to sell would be like selling your birthright or selling your family name off. It would be like 
selling your citizenship, right? Just kind of an unimaginable thing to be able to do. All right, now, knowing that, let's look at the text here together. Verse number nine. A couple of notes you may want to take in your Bible. In fact, I think you probably want to put just a bookmark in your Bible and come back to this prayer a little bit later this week. It says here that his mother named him Jabez. Let's put that up there, please, Jeff. His mother named him Jabez, which means what? Ouch, right? Saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, first of all, question. Why did Jabez's mom name him pain? If you think, well, it's just because it was a painful birth, um, I refer to now all the mothers in this room. How many of your children would be named Jabez? <laughs> yeah, like, right, every, like everybody. I mean, he was like one of at least four kids. So, I mean, with her, she could have said, this is Jabez 1, this is Jabez 2, this is Jabez 3, this is Jabez 4, right? I mean, no epidurals in those days. The nurseries would be full of little Jabez's everywhere. So, you see... It's not that there was pain in birth, but there was something unique about this. A name to the Hebrews always conveyed something. It conveyed a um, statement of the day, or it conveyed a prophetic utterance about the person. They're going to be great. You know, God is, you know, God is a provider. I mean, it was always connected back with that. So when Jabez's mom named him Jabez, it was almost like naming him hashtag unblessed. It, it was this sorrow that was going to be a part of his life. In fact, his name said this. Your name predicts a future of sorrow. You are going to live the life that nobody wants to live. Why would she do that? Well, we look a little bit closer at this. And the first line that tells us, his mother named him Jabez. That gets our attention because normally it's the father that does the naming or on occasion the father and the mother name together. In this particular case, unfortunately, Jabez's father has just died. And because of the way things had just fallen, the perfect storm as it were in Jabez's life, it happened something like this. Mrs., you know, Jabez's mom conceived him, but before she even knew that she was pregnant, her husband dies. When the father dies, the land is immediately, so it doesn't go to the mother, it is immediately divided among the sons. The oldest son gets a double portion, and the rest of the sons get the land. So she conceives, doesn't know it, the land is divided out, all the brothers have the land right there, and all of a sudden, the recognition that Jabez is. They don't know he's a boy yet, but when he's born, here's when the statement comes in, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. When Jabez was born, he should have gotten a piece of property. But his brother said, I'm not giving him mine, I'm not giving him mine, I'm not giving him mine, I'm not giving him mine. Nobody would give him. So Jabez was going to be without a place for all of his life. And what that meant was, he really didn't have citizenship. There was no hope of a future. He could never get married because nobody would give their daughter to somebody who wasn't going to be able to have a place of their own to be able to live. In other words, his future was just bleak there was no hope for anything other than existence that was there that's the sorrow that she realized that's the future that he had so what's Jabez do well we look on verse number 10 says that he prayed and Jabez prays this prayer oh that you would bless me 
and bless me indeed. In fact, in your Bible, I hope you'll put this exclamation mark after bless me. Because this prayer is this, God, would you bless me greatly? It wasn't like, hey, could you help me out a little bit down here? It's like, God, would you do something incredible for me? And enlarge my territory. And that's where you put your period. He goes on to say this, that your hand would be with me. That phrase means, God, that your presence would be in my life and that you would manifest yourself in my life. I need you. That you'll keep me from harm. Good word there, put in evil. You could put sin in there as well. This reflects what Jesus is going to pray in the Lord's Prayer when he teaches to pray, deliver us from evil. Why is that so important? So that I will be free from pain. Jabez isn't praying, God, give me a pain-free life. Nobody will, you know, nobody will pray that prayer because it's not a prayer that you know, coincides with living in this world. He was praying this, help me to be you know, free from evil so that I am not one that's causing pain or sorrow in others' lives like other people have brought to me in mine. And the Bible says, God answered that prayer. Now, it seems like he just kind of disappears off the page of the scripture, but here's the one thing that we know. Not only did God give Jabez a little, you know, a piece of land somewhere, but there's actually an entire city that God ends up giving to Jabez, and it's a city that becomes known for the scribes, and those, and his legacy is known throughout history as the result of that. So we take this prayer of the past with two very important takeaways for today. First takeaway is this. I want you to remember this. That God preserved and inspired this prayer for each and every one of us today. This like oasis in the midst of all these names and chronicles just calls us the attention that God said, there's something that I want you to know that I did and I want to put it down as a marker for you. I am, I am really saddened and sometimes shocked when I hear people that would say this. They, they say, people shouldn't pray the prayer of Jabez. You shouldn't pray this prayer. God, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. By territory, it's, it's my purpose in life. It's the opportunities that you give to me. It's life. It's family. It's all the things of value and importance. This really is a ditch that people are falling into today, and I can illustrate it up here in this way. Think of the path of truth, and on each side of it, you get these ditches. People say, don't pray that prayer because you could be falling into the ditch of the prosperity gospel. I mean, if you end up in this ditch, you're not going anywhere. Prosperity gospel saying this. If you receive Jesus, you are going to be healthy, wealthy, successful, and problem-free in life. Now, is that true? No, Jesus never said that. So people say, but, but if you pray that prayer, you could end up there. Not if you listen to what Jesus said, right? But on the other side, because there's always these ditches of error on both sides, you get the poverty gospel. Some people say today, you know, if you're, if you're going to follow God, then you just need to figure out that God is not going to be active or he's not going to bless you. I mean, to pray, to bless, and you know, be blessed by God, I mean, that's selfish. That's self-centered. That's unchristlike. And that's not the case, because God said, I have joy in blessing my children. God gave us this prayer as a model, as something to challenge us. The other reason for it, big, big takeaway, 
It's a principle for prayer. And the principle of prayer is this, that God honors bold prayers. The prayer of Jabez is a bold prayer. For somebody that was disadvantaged and hurting, you may be in that place of pain in your life. You may be in that place of great disadvantage because of some of the circumstances that are way beyond your control. But God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. Would you say that once with me, everybody? God honors because honor God. Now, i got to ask you, do you have a bold prayer? Or what is your bold prayer? Just coming to this again, it caused me just to go back and go like, Guy, what are your bold prayers? I mean, one of the bold prayers I have just for next month for Christmas is that we're going to see hundreds and hundreds of people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I've got some bold prayers for 2020 that I'm going to be opening up over these next you know, several weeks around here. But I've got some bold prayers for my family, for me and my life right now. I mean, this has just you know, brought me again to that place of saying, don't, don't pray a small dishonoring prayer to God. Ask God to do the things that only God can do in your life. Do you have one? Is there some bold prayer that you have? And if not, What should be your bold prayer today? Jesus, and I don't want to talk about prayer without bringing in our Lord and what he says to us about it. Jesus was an example to prayer, and he continually called us to prayer. In fact, there's a second place I want you just to mark in your Bible to look back at. If you've got it, turn over with me, if you're using the Pew Bible right now, to Matthew chapter 7. It's page 1382. Listen to what it is that Jesus says to you, to me, about praying. He says, ask, and it'll be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. For which of you, if your son asks your bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, We'll give him a snake. If he's hungry, you're just going to torment him. If you then, though you're evil, that is, you have a sin nature, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Remember what I asked you before in the beginning? Why is it that you get such joy in blessing those that you love? It's that it opens up more blessing to you. That comes from God himself. You see, every time we pray, God says, I am at work. James 5.16 put it this way. When a believing person prays, great things happen. If only it's, I mean, if it just said, when a believing person prays, things happen, that'd be a motivation to pray, right? Because God's giving that to you. But now he's saying, if you pray as a believing person, Great thing. So pray a bold prayer to me because I am going to be at work every time you pray. So what do we, who consider ourselves not good prayers, do with something like this? Let me share a couple things that have helped me recently. And if they can help you too, I think that's just, you know, all the better. There's some stories I want to be able to share with you that people have been sharing with me that, you know, that's just like bless me, so I want to pass that on as well. Seven helps. Number one, remember this is God's invitation. God is the one inviting us to pray, 
that we might be able to experience more of him and his blessing in our lives. Prayer isn't our idea. It's God's idea. It's God's invitation. Start out from that position. Two, here's what I'm reminding myself. That using a list that's just a monthly list, a monthly prayer list is something that's become very fresh to me. In other words, this past year, 2019, I started out with a prayer list of January, and then I went to February, March, April, May. At the end of each month, I cleared the list. So you can do this on paper. You can do it on your phone. What I did getting ready for this particular message today is I just went back, and I looked at January and February, March, so on and so forth. You know what I found? I prayed about more than I thought that I prayed about. I saw answers to prayer, some big, some like just like, I guess that's not a big one, but it's an answer. I saw unanswered prayer. I saw a couple miracles that God had done. It really opened up again that God is at work through prayer. If I'll pray, give it a try. Start in December, but make sure you clear it come January of next year. Third thing that I'm doing. I'm using the verse of the day in prayer. In other words, rather than I read the verse of the day and then I pray, I'm praying the verse of the day. Like yesterday, for example. Yesterday's verse was this, 1 Peter 3. Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? So I just said, God, um, would you give me the opportunity just to do good today? How many are going to guess if I had an opportunity to do good yesterday? The answer was yes. And so I... Opportunity came up, I took it, and you know what? It marked my day. I mean, I was so blessed because of that. If you've read your verse of the day today, you're on you version. If you're not, I sure hope you'll join with us in this. It's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. What are you going to pray about that? I just prayed this. God, would you help me to build my faith? Would you help my faith to grow? And I'm stepping in today with that expectation of doing so. Here's the fourth thing. And that is to begin to pray with others. You may be a lot like me, a lot like Daryl, who when you pray, it's like prayer's a personal thing and I just do it by myself. But if we'll open up that circle, you may find something like this happening. I'd ask Pastor Rod if he would just, um, this week, just kind of reach out to some of our group leaders and ask them if there's any stories they had in their group about, you know, God working through prayer and blessings through prayer. I can't believe the number of stories I got back. And the only bad part is I can only share just a couple of them today. But this one came from Daryl. He said this. While participating in my men's small group, I discovered the power of verbal prayer with other people. At the beginning... At the end of each group meeting, a single volunteer prays verbally, helping us to bring closer to God. I found verbal prayer bonds people together in a unique and positive way. Okay. Traditionally, Daryl says, I pray silently. I alone ask for God's guidance and try to listen for his direction. Verbalizing prayer with others is a challenge to me. Is there anybody else that would say that? Okay, so keep listening then. He said, it's deeply personal. It humbles me with God It humbles me with others. Humbling ourselves with another person can be awkward and even uncomfortable. And all God's people said, yeah, right? (laughs) This is real. It's also, he said, one of a very rewarding thing when done with caring people. And I believe praying verbally with someone is one of the most genuine acts of care one can perform. Joel says, my wife and I now pray together as a couple. 
said, it's strange. We married under God, and we share so much with each other, but sharing prayer feels like a daring event. It's true exposure with someone we love. Praying verbally together is forming a deeper layer of trust between us that it's hard to know in any other way. It strengthens our marriage without question. That's a cool story. But then I read John's right after, and I'm like, oh boy. He, John said this. John said, I always used to think sex was the most intimate time with my wife, but that perspective has dramatically changed. When we hold hands and pray together, that is a game changer. It's the most vulnerable and intimate connection ever between us. I think that's just a great encouragement, though, isn't it? If you're married, you pray with your spouse. It's something that Denise and I have tried to do this past year, you know, just every night before we go to bed together. I mean, to, to do that with your family, praying with other people. Can we give just a quick shout-out to John and Daryl for, uh, like, hey, guys, that's real. We're with you on that. Something else I found to be very, very helpful um, with prayer as well. And that is to pray with others, and here's the caveat, in the moment. Anytime you walk through church, no matter what day of the week it is, it's not a surprising thing anymore just to see somebody in some place, you know, two people, three people, four people, heads bowed, and just praying a prayer right there in the moment. And what that's doing for us is recognizing that when somebody says, hey, would you pray for me? It's like, yeah, and why don't we do that right now? Listen to, uh, listen to Mike's story about this. Mike said Danny was the son of our group member. And he, was just, and he was recently diagnosed with cancer. His condition got dire. Now our group began praying for him. He said after getting to the point where nothing more could be done using normal treatments, they opted for a very risky and experimental treatment. Mike says Danny is now cancer-free and recovering from the strain that the treatment has put on his body. Some of the doctors are calling it a miracle. He said, if you're interested in the story, you better talk to Dewey and Sharon, it's their son. But he said, I believe it was prayers from our group in the moment and so many other of their friends that have saved Danny's life. When you find somebody that says, boy, this is going on in my life, just stop right there and go like, can I pray with you about this right now? In fact, pulls me right into this invitation. We have a prayer team here. Every week at the end of the service, you know about it, right? I mean, we'd say, hey, if we can pray with something about you and your life, we want to be able to do that. And I want to invite you to join us. You can do it just by texting 555-888. Put the word team serve in there. Or you can use your communication card, right? You know, prayer team on it, drop it in the box right there. Or you can stop down right afterwards. We're going to have somebody here at the front if you'd be interested in doing that. Now, on the one hand, you might go like, that is just terrifying. I don't think I could ever do that. We won't send you out there by yourself. I mean, we'll let you shadow with somebody doing it, but I can promise you this. You want to be blessed? You just take the time to pray with those that are in need for prayer after, you know, after a weekend service right here. I guarantee you that you're not only going to be blessed, but you're going to be a blessing to others. If you want to join the prayer team with just the requests that come in, we'll share those with you if you're willing to pray. Again, love to have you a part of this important ministry that we're doing here at Fox River. And it's something that you very, um, very probably would be able to, to be able to grow into. So I hope, they, I hope you'll consider that.
Two others. Number six, what I'm learning is I'm praying for others with God's blessing for them in their life. Our series in September, we had Reed Norrison, special agent, FBI, it was family series, remember that? You know, this is adventure. We were talking about internet safety, and so Reed, had, Reed and Ginger had come in. After Saturday, Reed had done the service, we went out and we got a bite to eat together. So Ginger and Denise were sitting at the table, we were over at Mission Barbecue. We walked through the line, we paid for our food, and we were, you know, we were there. If you've been to Mission Barbecue, there's the big counter that's right there. And before we left, Reed, I mean, just in this natural flow of conversation, looked across at one of the person that was, that was serving us and said this. Um, we're going to pray before we eat our meal over here. Is there anything that we could pray with you about tonight? And the server was just like, like, what's just happening? It wasn't weird. And he said that with such a naturalness. And just like, is there something that we could do that you need in your life? Because we know that God, you know, God works and we would like to be able to help you. And then the server just like opened up. That was such a challenge to me. I've done it several times since then. Can you see yourself just with a server coming up to you and you know, just saying, hey, we're going to pray before we eat here? You may have to do that, actually. But, um, but just go like, is there anything we can pray with you about? Sometimes people have said, no, I'm good. Other times they're like, nobody's ever asked me that. And like, this is what's going on in my life right now. But it's not limited to a restaurant. What about at work? With my neighbors, I'm asking them on a regular basis, hey, you know, what's going on? Is there anything I can pr be praying with you or your family about? I can't believe how God begins this opening up of his working just through a simple thing like that. Prayer's not meant to be a dead-end blessing, right? God bless me. But prayer is, God, if you would bless me so that I can bless others, God, would you bless them? And in doing that, again, you're finding that God is going to be blessing you in your life. You can do this. And lastly, keep praying. So many times we get discouraged when we pray and something doesn't happen. True? Well, at, least, at least I do. Let's listen to John. John says, For much of my adult life, I struggled with lust and an enslavement to pornography. The struggle was extremely deep. The fear of exposure was even deeper. I thought that if I knew more about God, somehow I'd be freed from the grasp of sin that was destroying me and later destroying my marriage. So I went back to school studying Christian counseling. This did nothing for my issue. All it did was create a very prideful sinner who happened to know a lot about the Bible, not about God or his character. To make matters worse, I counseled men on how to escape the grasp of lust and porn all the while struggling with myself. John says, then through Mighty Oaks Warrior Program, I learned to pray differently. Instead of asking God why, I began asking him to show me the purpose in my trials and temptations. As my marriage was on the verge of collapse, I thanked God for the trial and the lessons that he was teaching me. I thanked him that he was softening my heart. I thanked him because this process built perseverance, character, and hope. I committed myself to serving him first and allowing him to do his will in my marriage and in my life, even if it meant losing my marriage. In prayer, I developed a relationship with God, a relationship that freed me from the grip of lust, porn, and pride. John says, God answered my prayers. 
He didn't just heal my marriage. He created a new marriage and a new man in Christ. Let's just take a moment and go, John, we are so, 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 so glad for this working of God in your life and that you didn't stop. I mentioned before about my dad and his coming you know, to Christ. It was a prayer of over 45 years that he'd come to Jesus. I don't think I've ever mentioned, though, for my mom, it was 20 years. That's a lot of praying. For my sister, like, it was 15 years. And there's so many times, you know, that, you know, I'm discouraged, I'm ready to quit. Maybe where you're at. But God said, keep praying, because I'm at work. Before I tie a bow on this, let me just take us back to our conundrums. I don't think these are full answers, but I think they're conversation starters and, and things that we want to do to keep this important conversation going, especially with the, with the value that God puts on it in our lives. Remember this one? Why do we need to pray if God already knows what I need and what I'm going to say? Well, remember this. It's for me to be blessed. Above all else, why does God want you to pray? to know him, his working, and to experience more of his blessing. That's his purpose in prayer. Two, why do I need to pray for God's will to be done if it's God's will and he's sovereign? Now, tongue-in-cheek, I say this, because it's God's will. It's this will of desire for each and every one of us. It's something he said, you can. I'm not going to make you, but if you will, and you'll experience more of my will in your life. And lastly, this one, and I still scratch my head at times. Why does God answer some of my prayers and not others of them? I am reminded about this, that God works through every prayer that we pray. It may not be in the way that we're desiring or thinking or, you know, hey, I, I got it all figured out, God, here's what you need to do. And he's like, uh, not exactly. Today, if you have received Jesus as your Savior, here's what I want to ask you. What's your bold prayer? What is the bold prayer that you're going to bring before God this week? What's the bold thing that you're praying about your life? What's the territory? I mean, will you bring Jabez's prayer before God personally? God, would you bless me indeed? Please, God, enlarge my territory my purpose in life, my potential, this area of my family, this aspect of work. Do you serve a small God? Or are you bringing your prayers before God Almighty? Have you received Jesus? Let's pray that way. If you're here, and you may be an atheist, an agnostic, or you just kind of go like, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of confused. I want to ask you to pray a bold prayer. For those of you who don't even know if God exists, would you pray this prayer? God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. I can't tell you how many people have come back to me and say, God, when I prayed that prayer, I didn't think God would do, I didn't even believe in God. And now I know in how he showed me he's real in his life. Take it to your friends. Maybe you're here, and today's the day your bold prayer 
your prayer to open yourself up to God's blessing is going to come through receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know that he's died on the cross. You know that he's risen again. But for some reason, you haven't been willing to bow a knee or repent or just come to that place of saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. And I'm going to ask you right now to be my Savior. That's a bold, bold prayer. And it is a prayer that will change your life and help you to know truly what the blessing of God is. So if you haven't, I want to invite you to that today. I hope nobody leaves the same. And I hope everyone experiences what's in God's heart for you too today. You will praise him and praise him and praise him if you do. Would you pray with me? Thank you, God, that you answer prayer. Thank you, God, that blessing is in your heart for us. For those that are here and they're ready to trust you, Jesus, as Savior, acknowledging that you've died and risen for the forgiveness of their sin. And as they pray this prayer right now, Jesus, as best I understand, you, the gospel, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I put my trust in you and you alone for eternal life and to be reconciled now with God. If that's your prayer here in any of our campuses, I want to ask you, would you just lift up a hand saying, Guy, today, first time ever, I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior and asking him for his working that only he can do in my life. Just wave at me for a second. Sometimes it'll take me a moment or two. Yeah. Others there, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for saving grace, Jesus. May these know immediately the blessing that you desire for us in our lives, Father. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. All right. I don't want anybody to miss this week. Let's pray, right? Let's pray bold. Let's, let's figure out, let's ask one another, what's your bold prayer before God? For those that have just received Jesus, um, let's just, uh, again, rejoice, right? Because it's like, hey, we are so, so, so happy for you here, as well as all of our campuses. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.